When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is May 25th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about NXT tonight on Tuesday on USA. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor. So much to unpack there. Opened with a bang, ended with a bang. Although I have to say, as I'm saying the dates sometimes, and I'm saying 2021, doesn't that seem weird that it's like, here we are. It's the year 2021. We're living in the future. Yeah, because 2020 felt like a wash. It doesn't even feel like we lived that year at all. I know. It's crazy. But here's the crazier thing to think is that the time between the year 2000 and now is the same amount of time as between 1979 and the year 2000. Oh, my goodness. That's a- <laughs> this, this escalated quickly. I don't know where we're going here. <laughs> I never thought about 1979 like that, but now I have a whole different perspective on it. Yes, absolutely. But... Uh, most of the talent was Finn born in 79. I want to say 78 or 79. Maybe really? he's a bit younger. Yeah, no, maybe he's he probably younger. Let me, let me check. Now, I, now it's going to bother me. It's going to gnaw at me. Cause he's almost 40. Out. I think he's 39. Uh, 81. Wow. Yeah. 81. 81. Hell of a year. Uh, tonight though, this main event, I just got to get this out of the right, way right away. Look, we knew Carrion was going to win. They gave Finn some great, like, are they going to do it? It's crazy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he pulls this off. He, I have not seen someone like go to sleep so quickly from a submission move. Maybe since Richard Belzer. I mean, <laughs> was the last time I saw someone just sort of snap out of it that fast. I mean, he went down fast at the end, almost like they were like, "You guys got to wrap this up. We're over time." I, I mean, I see, I see your point, but also he was in for a beating, so maybe yeah. it was just over. And he's like, maybe if I just pay, go to sleep, he'll just leave me alone, you know. <laughs> and for like true reasons, that makes uh, Karen Cross look like much more of a beast. Because if somebody immediately passes out from your finisher, it just makes the finisher look that much more powerful. I, I, yeah, I had no problem right, with passing right. out that fast. Yeah, maybe because I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe when he was getting that comeback sequence at the yeah. end. I was like, you might, you might do it, man. Yeah, but I mean, we knew, but I listen, know. listen, it was a great match. I absolutely love this match. I think, I mean, this was again, this was Karrion Cross's best match, and his last best match is against Finn Balor, too. So I just want them to run this back as the demon maybe comes back and, and they build him up until because I want to see these guys do it again. I'll tell you how good this match was. There was a point where Karrion was stomping on Finn, and somewhere in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe this will end in a disqualification so they can fight again. Me I've too. never in my life had that thought in wrestling. I've Me never rooted too. for disqualification so they can face each other again, but I, I really got into this toward the end. I mean, Finn Balor is a uh, you know, masterpiece in terms of putting matches together. And I can kind of see his fingerprints all over this one. Yeah, there was a point, I even tweeted about it, where it doesn't matter the size difference. There's something about Finn Balor matches that he can be the smaller guy, but he's so believable. His offense is believable. He's selling, like, at all times you believe that he could actually yeah. pull it off regardless of who he's wrestling. And that is one of the things that I respect so much about Finn Balor. I think he's just amazing the way he just comes off and tonight it was it, it, their match at takeover night two was my favorite and they outdid that match tonight 
Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like once they go, it works. Although when you see them standing next to each other, it's almost yeah. like Finn, Finn is yeah. there for scale to make you understand how big Carrion is. <laughs> Right. He's the hammer in that instance. Uh, so let's dive in, uh, talk about the show we opened with a banger of a match. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai and the NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this match? I absolutely love that the show started with such a banger, right? Um, I they We've seen these girls go at it plenty of times, but they never disappoint, right? I think this is in the last few months, the fourth time maybe that we see them go. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I feel like every time they bring a different combination into the, like a different set of moves or something different, the, the matches do not feel repetitive, even though we have seen them face each other a few times. In addition to that, I thought the attack at the end was brutal and very, very efficient. Just made Dakota and Raquel just look like, you know, you don't mess with them. And I like that because I didn't like um, the team where Raquel is losing. So her getting her revenge at the end, it kind of just like solidifies who she is. It was Dakota who lost. She's still Raquel the badass. So I appreciated that. But overall, I do. I, I enjoyed that it started so hot. Yeah. And then also, I just love the pace that they're telling the story. It's one of these moments that you just can't believe that the company is both has NXT and Raw because you know that the direction they're going is Dakota and Raquel and they keep showing you these instances where Dakota is the weak link. Dakota's one who wants to challenge, but she can't, uh, you know, pull her own weight. Right. And instead of just blowing that off and turning on each other right now, like they haven't even begun to tease any type of animosity, but they've got all the pieces in place to do that. And I just like how they're taking their time. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that they did a good job protecting Raquel Gonzalez. And, and at the same time, kind of putting value in those tag team titles, because now this is kind of like a qualifying match for those women's tag team titles. Right. And uh, Shotzi and Ember still. Just yes. look like a million bucks. Very good together. So good. Which is, I mean, I think they have more chemistry than most other tag teams in wrestling. Something about them really just flows. And I know they haven't been together that long, but I think... Uh, yeah, and I thought that immediately. Like, uh, I, to be honest, as much as I like Ember Moon, when she came back to NXT, she really wasn't impressing me. She wasn't as good as I remember her being. But the second she started teaming with Shotzi again, I think maybe she got more confidence about her. And obviously that injury is going to take a little bit to get back in, ter you know, in terms of having your 100% yeah. confidence in the ring. So right. I think she's hitting that stride right now because her and Shotzi, I think, are great together. Agreed. Agreed. When she came back to NXT, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, let's see. Are we rebuilding her or what? But now I am here for her every week with Shotzi. Yeah. So uh, Shotzi and Ember won that match. But after Raquel got her revenge. Do you guys think they're going to go in a singles field with Raquel and possibly Ember Moon or Chatsy? Because, you know, like how they made them kind of like, I feel like they could go in a singles field with either one of them. Could she beat up? one and the other one had to watch so they could come for revenge i don't know i just felt like yeah there, there's so many possibilities for raquel they're playing with her into a lot of storylines that i really want to know who she's going to be facing at the next takeover i think she should do both i think she should beat both of them in succession you know just to kind of right. show how dominant she is yeah um yeah i'll tell you i think uh shotzi i wonder is shotzi so over that she doesn't need a title but i kind of want her to have the credibility of getting that, but I think, I, I think the way they see her is that she would be a takeover opponent, but lose. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, what I'm saying too. But it will be a good match. Yeah. And I think if there are fans there, I don't see how Shotzi wouldn't have the entire audience. 
Do you? I'm now. I'm curious about that because I think Raquel did a lot of positive for herself in terms of just becoming a right. pretty big star. I, and I think it'd be 50 50. I'm sure there would be a lot of Shanti supporters, uh, but I think it'd be uh, maybe skewed toward Raquel. But I think it would be kind of a 50 50 situation. It would almost feel like tonight with Finn and Carrie on Cross, where I feel like Finn oh. Balor has such a huge fan base, but I feel like everybody kind of knew that Carrie on Cross was winning and they were okay with that. I feel like that, that we will have a similar situation if we put Shanti against Raquel. Yeah. Yeah, although do you think part of that's the character? I mean, with Carrie and Cross, uh, I mean they certainly did this with uh, Shayna Baszler in NXT. I think if you want to have that dominant brawler champion, um, the fan reaction really doesn't matter. You know, it's the idea that it's the spectacle, not the love, right. That, right. that keeps the audience there. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, where? Oh. Uh, Garris Plowman saying Shotzi and Ember better than the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> I would love it if Shotzi and Ember just showed up on Raw and SmackDown and beat the crap out of every tag team in both the men's and women's divisions. <laughs> and I think in the men's division, I think uh, they could probably take most of them. I think they could, but they need the tank. That's I was going to say, at least for Omos, they need the tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> they might need the tank just for Omos. And, yeah, then, gonna... and then everybody else, they can take on their own. But, but they gotta, they need some backup to beat up that giant. <laughs> I want to see that tank running over Otis, laid out flat on the ground. Like, that's a moment. Uh, they're so great. Glad they got the win tonight. Um so Tommaso Ciampa, Timothy Thatcher backstage talking about the NXT tag team division and the, the past run through the grizzled young veterans setting up for round three. Um, then we got a quick, quick promo for Bobby Fish versus Pete Dunne uh, and then went right into that match when we came back from the break. Uh, Pete Dunne out there with Oni Lorcan. Uh, Alfred, what'd you think of this match? It didn't do much for me. I, I like. I liked when Bobby Fish came back. Uh, we were talking about it. I thought it was really cool that he just kind of came back and said, hey, I got some stuff to handle on my own. I'll see you down the road. It just made him look like kind of a badass. But tonight, they couldn't have made him look any more generic. I mean, his music is pretty awful. He's got that Fish logo that they're using with the – It just he just looked – and it's not all of his fault. It's just the way he was presented in his return was just very generic. Uh, he wasn't anything special tonight in terms of that match. I liked when they went to the ground, and then uh, I thought from that point on it was a good match. But I, nothing special to me, and I, you know, Pete Dunn got a win, so that's something. But I thought that Do Bobby Fish was going to be a little more interesting than this. Yeah, I agree with you. As soon as I saw the weird bone fish grill fish that they put up <laughs> in the music, I was like, they're going to have him lose on his returning match, and that is just a travesty. And I get it because I feel like Pete Dunn is being built for a title shot at some point, and that's what he that's who he has been calling out. Then don't book this field right now because I don't like when you have somebody returning. Mm -hmm. He looks so good in that return segment, and then he goes on to lose his first match. I did hear the announcers like putting over that maybe he wasn't a hundred percent yet you know he's just back maybe he's rusty so i appreciate a commentary kind of still making you know bobby fish seem relevant but the match didn't do anything for me i didn't want him to lose and i didn't like the presentation but i don't think it hurts him i see i want to see where they go from here it's not like oh my god he's done right yeah. but first impressions do count and tonight it, it wasn't it for him i think if you remove bobby i think bobby fish's name is the most memorable thing about him uh, you know, being an undisputed Ouch. era. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, he was an undisputed era. Bars. 
I mean, it's like, what's the name of the drummer from U2? See, you don't know. You don't have a clue. I was going to say The Edge, but I know that's not it. No, because when you're in The Edge with Bono, you know, you're in a band with Bono and The Edge. Yeah. Well, and you're Adam Clayton or uh, Larry something or other. Uh, you know, that's the thing. You need a name to stand out. Everyone knows The Edge. His name's The Edge. So Bobby Fish, the name, that's the best thing about his gimmick. And then he got beaten up, and like I was just waiting for Colorado to come down. Oh, and, like, me too. Guy, me too. They were messing with a surgically repaired triceps. Like I, I know you guys agreed to go your separate ways, but like at some point, if you're a friend, you right? Know what I mean? yeah. Right. I was, I was there with you too. Also, I didn't appreciate both matches ending with a brutal attack at, after the match. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, this feels like what we just watched, but the guys instead of the girls. So I didn't like that they put it back to back like that. Yeah, it's this. It was a tough match to follow, and I think for his return and losing, and Pete Dunne, it's interesting with Pete Dunne. Even when he doesn't have momentum, they still book him pretty dominantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's gonna go for cross um, next yeah. after takeover. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of how they would book Lashley like last yeah. year, months before he became champion. It's like you know they're getting him ready for something and they're keeping him strong for the time being and they ended up winning the WWE title. So I think that's what's going on with Pete Dunne right now. I know, me too. McIntyre too, remember? He was yeah. like with Dolph Ziggler. Then all of a sudden he went on a crazy winning streak and he won the Rumble. Yeah, you you, you yeah. can you can smell it because they just start booking them so dominant out of the blue. Yeah. And then for Oni Lorcan, you had to attack him after. Oni Lorcan, a guy also where his name is so terrible, that's his gimmick. That's the most memorable <laughs> thing about him. Oni Lorcan. In fact, you how talented would you have to be to overcome a name like Oni Lorcan? I think as talented as already, I mean, because he's a pretty talented really? dude, and, he, and he's got a good Twitter account. I think his Twitter account ah, well, becomes his name, but I mean, his promo is not so much. But that's one true. Of the best Twitter follows top five in WWE. That's true. We all remember, you know, Macho Man had a sick Twitter game back in the day, and that's really <laughs> what got him over with the fans. No, it was his rap album. Please. Can you imagine how good Macho Man's Twitter would be, though, if Twitter existed in the 80s? Like, that would be my only follow. It's just, like, all caps, like, getting canceled a couple times a week. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin Lopez 499. Wow. God, see, I'm just, just making stuff in, in jest here. But Justin Lopez 499 saying, I love Bobby. Let's be honest, he's going to be 45. His role is basically to put guys over. Might as well just call him Coach Fish. Uh, uh, Justin mean, might as well. So old uh, fish might as well call him Abe Vigoda. That's a reference that only old people will get. Uh, Jack Hoffer, wow, two ninety nine and cross is incredibly boring. That match stunk. Wow, wow. really, Jack? Ouch, Jack. I like that match. I thought it was very realistic, but you know, it was good. Uh, Shaw, two dollars saying Finn to SmackDown, yeah. plenty to feud with there. Happy birthday, Roman. Yes, the Tribal Chief, thirty sixth oh, wow. birthday. Aging like fine wine, baby. Happy birthday to him. <laughs> nice thing to say. I'm not going down this path. What's the next? Uh... <laughs> we will on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll remember this. <laughs> Friday night. Friday night, we'll talk about how Issa celebrated Roman's birthday. <laughs> um, so, uh, Pete Dunne, Stanitol, Oni, beat up Fish. Uh, we got to look at Bronson Reed winning the North American title last week. He's going to show up later tonight. And Mercedes Martinez walking backstage says she didn't beat Raquel Gonzalez, but she didn't learn. So uh, then we saw uh, Boa appear in the, the doorway watching Martinez walk away. We'll talk about what happened there. Let's talk about the Hit Row Records promo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love this stable so much. 
Same. Same. They do no wrong in my eyes right now. They're amazing. And every week they're presenting them completely different. You know, we had an in-ring, then they were, they had their match and now backstage and they just, they look like money tonight backstage in their outfits, cutting their promo. I can't get enough. I, I, I really hope they just continue to book them the right way and give them creative freedom because these guys are awesome. Yeah. And that the delivery that they have together could not be taught And that they cut promos and I always get sucked into thinking they're just talking, like just cutting a regular promo, but then it rhymes and it rhymes really well. Like he goes, we're not just here to sing songs. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And then AJ goes in, yeah, what's a Godzilla to King Kong? And I was like, oh, oh. I know. They hide him so well. I just loved it. And, and like, I really can't wait till uh, live fans start coming back and there's like buildings. Because I think that hit row, I think that's going to be really yeah. over in terms of people yeah. carrying that throughout their matches. They should be dropping disc records like <laughs> weekly. Yeah. Should be like daily. Tupac hit him up, just like just <laughs> just put like I would pop for that so big because I think this is such a good uh group of characters that they have, such a good idea. Surprised it took them this long to come up with this idea. This could only happen in NXT. Like uh the the main roster, I don't think would do anything this cool that was hip hop related. Yeah, it would be very overproduced and it would not, I mean, you could tell that the artists and, you know, um, Isaiah Swerve Scott has a lot of input in this as well as the others, uh, cause they're just doing their thing. I mean, they are musicians, they do do music and um, uh, they're doing a good job of presenting that on television, but with WWE, their fingerprints would just make it to where you would never know that that's what they actually did. Yeah, very good. Great stuff. Mercedes Martinez versus Zeta Ramirez. Alfred D first. Um, you know, it was okay. Um, I like the uh, toward the end afterwards. I think Zeta has something. I think she's going to be something in this business, but I think they might have rushed her out there a little too early because there's been a few matches where she's kind of uh, gotten a little lost or whatnot. And I think Mercedes did a good job uh, in this match, but uh, she's got something. She does have a spark and a charisma and something like that. I think, but they need to wait a little bit longer with her. Uh, but with uh, Mercedes, I just like the fact that you saw Boa and then you saw the mark, but you didn't see them come out. It's kind of like a warning. That's a really cool thing to do. It's where they didn't feel the need to give it all away here. So that was really cool. Yeah, I like that. I wanted to just say I have so much respect for the promo that Mercedes cut where she was like, listen, I learned from it. Back to the back of the line. Like, finally, somebody understands that you had a title shot. You lost. You got to start over again. I actually like that because we're so used to seeing people get so many title shots that you just don't realize that you should get to the back of the line and work your way back up. And her saying, I'm ready to work my way back up. I love that. Love the match. Absolutely love the ending, the mark and all of that. I really, really appreciated the detail in that without having to, like you said, Alfred, give it all away. Right. Yeah, and then after the match, yeah, she had the mark on her hand. So we will see uh, what happens next. Uh, of course, it's the mark of Tian Sha, mm-hmm. which uh, is the stable with uh, Zili Boa. And uh, yeah, this this is that was cool. This was very well done tonight. Very well done. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in the chat popping because I read the uh, the comment by someone whose name was Jack Hoffer. Oh, I got you. <laughs> it did, but that's not even good, though. I know. I don't think it's that clever. Either. If the last name was Hoff, but Hoffer? Like, that's yeah, not... Yeah. Like, that's oh, not even... Congratulations. I hope you're happy with yourself, Jack. Congratulations. Be more clever. I don't yeah. mind bogus comments, and I don't mind jokes or things like that if you want to try them again. But come on, like, step it up a little bit. 
you know? I agree. Yeah, just a little. Oh, now I'm afraid. Uh, commenter whose name goes by the name of Jay. Five, because now I'm, now I'm not going to read anything. Now, first names only. There you go, Chad. How you like that? Uh, $5 saying, what would you think of them posting the win-loss record in the main event? Seems like a main event feel that had me hooked throughout the match. That seems, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I liked it. I, I liked it, too. And this might make people a little mad, but I've noticed ever since Smack or Nexus ratings have gone on down a little bit, you know, we're getting all the stables now. We're getting win-loss records. I mean, kind of reminding week. me of something. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of, he got a different vibe, right? They are contract is up in a year. I mean, it just kind of reminding me of something. <laughs> Couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually thought that uh, Finn Balor 14 and 1 takeover record, that's respectable. I was like, holy yeah. crap. And yeah. I wish they would do that more often because you really don't think about that. Must be one of the best like takeover performers. Yeah. Really? But even I, with I that. Remember. I think, yeah, I kind of, my memory has it that he's lost a lot of these big takeover matches, but no, I guess not. No, because remember, he fought a lot in like weekly television. Yeah. And that's where he lost, like, that's where he's lost most of his matches. And I think the perception when he came back to NXT was that he was going to be there to put guys over. So it was actually a surprise when he was winning right. takeover matches when he came mm -hmm. back. Right. I remember him dropping the NXT title to Samoa Joe at a house show. So yeah. that's what I mean. There's a lot of the matches that he's lost that are not in takeover. So when it comes to takeovers, he delivers. Wow. So that one, wait, I'm sorry, Glenn, yeah. that one was Carrion Cross then. He hadn't lost yeah. at a takeover until Carrion Cross. Now that I put two he and broke two the together. streak. Damn. Jackson Callens, four ninety nine, saying I didn't catch the show. I don't know crap about NXT as much as I'd like to. Much love, kiddos. Here's some dollars, Raj. Uh, Jackson, NXT is a good show. I prefer it to Monday Night Raw and even to SmackDown. I gotta say, and I like SmackDown a lot, but I like NXT better. As if. Yeah. Wow. Those are fighting words. Okay. Issa, if SmackDown didn't have Roman, which show would you like more? SmackDown. Really? Yeah, I, I still have said that I have Shinsuke with the crown and Sasha Banks, Bailey, Bianca. Come on. And it, it, SmackDown is a like fun show. Yeah, I just, I like the NXT women's division. He got his vaccine today yeah. wearing the crown. Come on. Oh, <laughs> I got to go see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> he posted it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase. See, I'm so used to saying Ted DiBiase Jr. Why? I have no idea. Right. We're talking about the Marine too. Uh, Ted DiBiase Senior. Why do they see? Why not just Ted DiBiase? Right. We've forgotten about Junior. Yeah, sorry, right? He could be the million dollar man. It doesn't even have to. Yeah, be Ted but we. I mean, Junior's kind of Junior. We don't. We don't need that. <laughs> uh, it's like Frank Sinatra Junior. You know, like come on. Shout out to the DiBiase posse. That was a, that was fun for a moment. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. so he's backstage talking to tony storm tony storm rocking a, a modern modern uh twist on the four non-blondes look uh the robert stone brand tries to walk up to the million dollar man but he's not trying to hear it he just tosses money at them and walks away <laughs> i thought this was so funny this is so disrespectful like he didn't even let him get like a couple of words out he just threw money in his face i thought that was so funny he still got it right i laughed yeah. so hard at that moment <laughs> oh it was disrespectful i i loved it Always so, care for a little disrespect. The million dollar face off. Cameron Grimes asking Ted why. Why, 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 why? I didn't like this as much as I thought I would. 
I don't know if it was the LA night interruption. <laughs> That's what I, it was. I, I don't know if it was that Karen um, Grimes seemed a little like iffy on the beginning of his promo. I don't know what it was, but based on all the promos that we got building up to it, I have to say I just didn't. I, it didn't go the way that I thought it would go when I when I finally got the two of them and the face off. What did we get out of this face off? I don't know. I'm still confused. Nah, listen, uh, <laughs> this LA night thing is death. Because like I I didn't like the segment at all. I was very I, I liked it. I, I, it was going somewhere, but the it's just LA Knight in a nutshell for me since he's come to NXT where something entertaining is happening. And you hear his music, you're just like, oh Jesus, no! And like I hope they're just teasing that he's going with Ted DiBiase. Like if they if Ted DiBiase is going to pick LA Knight over Cameron Grimes, it's like that'd be like when the Portland Trailblazers took Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. Like they have to do the Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes pairing. And I, I don't know what LA Knight is doing here other than being the go-between, but I thought he completely torpedoed the segment and I was very excited for it. And now I'm let down. Yeah. I was looking forward to this. One of the most excited things I was for the week. And then I was like, what is happening? Like, why did LA Knight have to come out? I didn't, I'm not here for that. And I hope that it goes somewhere else. And like you said, maybe it's just a tease, but it was it didn't maybe my expectations were too high for this, but but the promos and the video packages building up to it were so good that yeah. of course you had a good expectation for it. Yeah. Um although following this up to uh the, the room, the room uh with Dexter Loomis's drawings. <laughs> This is weird. What did you think about this, Issa? <laughs> I, I, you got, okay, I'm going to be with you guys this week, and I'm going to say it did get a little creepy. The drawings got a little creepy. It gave me, like, uh, you remember the movie One Hour Photo where, where oh, Robbie yeah. had all the pictures of the entire family in the wall when they discovered him? Literally, that's all I thought about when I saw that. But I, I he's just in love. This is like you didn't see him, and it's like pictures of a knife and a heart, and it was just weird that like the more creepy he gets, the more she seems to pursue him. And like I just thought, like if we would have at least seen him doing something at the end or something, it's like a sight gag. But this just came off as dark and creepy and weird. It's like, and I'm supposed to be rooting for this guy. Like I, I don't know if I'm rooting for Index anymore after just seeing this. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, damn it, I'm going to have to agree with them this week. Because <laughs> I know every week you guys told me it's creepy and I'm like, no, it's love. But I was like, okay. <laughs> Once I saw the knife picture, I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it to them this week. It's a little creepy. <laughs> but I still believe in Index. I still have faith that it's not going to be as creepy. I guess I, I like that compared to the Aleister Black, like, uh, That's TV. Also- yeah, the PBS uh, special on demonology uh, <laughs> that they showed us on Friday. This was genuinely creepy. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, I like things sometimes. I mean, you know, it's the same reason we enjoy horror movies, thrillers, things like that. Like, but if we're going to do it, do it well. When it's cheesy, it's just kind of like, oh, it's the there's nothing worse. Remember, what was it? Like, the first uh, Insidious, like, it was really scary and spooky. Oh, and then you see yeah, the guy in his Darth Maul, and then you're like, okay, that's not. Right, not as creepy anymore. Not as scary. I, I, I didn't. I don't know if I found this cheesy. Here's. I would have liked this if he's like feuding with somebody and he's trying to screw with them and he's trying to get in their head and scare them. That would be kind of weird. But like they're really getting away from themselves with telling the story that they're in love and she's in love with this creepy guy. But they're just dialing up the creepiness a little bit too much. It's like like they have a segment where he murders somebody or like guts a pig and she's like, oh, Dexter. It's like no, no, not something you fall in love with. <laughs> 
Listen, we'll see where it goes, okay? But I will say it was a little weird. Yeah. It was supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be like, this is perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. You know? Sure. Gonna right. write your name on my shoes and leave a note in your locker. No! <laughs> this is how they do love in the modern age. Uh, Frankie Monet making her in-ring debut tonight versus Cora Jade. Alfred, what did you think of uh, the world premiere? I liked Frankie Monet. I thought they, they did a good job of having, because this is a good women's division. I mean, Vic Joseph said it's the best in the world, and I don't think he was being hyperbolic. I agree. And uh, I thought she really stood out on, on this. You know, she did kind of a showcase of a lot of her moves. Hits really hard. I think that stood out. And I thought she looked very good. Lisa? Yeah, I agree. I love the spotlights. And, and it makes sense, all of the spotlight shines on me. And they did a lot of things with the spotlight when she came out. And at the end, after she got the win, I thought she looked like a million dollars. Her jacket, um, even her coming out, having her makeup done, kissing the puppy. I don't know. There's something about this character that I really, really like. I like the music. It, it didn't feel generic. It felt like a good entrance music. Yeah. I got to hear it again, but it didn't feel generic. I appreciated that. And in the ring, she's intimidating. She looks like she's so hard-hitting. And I just... I absolutely love because as much as I'm having a hard time getting used to this Frankie Monet name because you know we know her differently when I saw her in the ring I was like okay there she is good she's here and I'm excited to see what she does next but she looked like a million bucks tonight and it was it was everything that she hyped it up to be yeah um I almost wonder if Ember gets the title shot if Shotzi gets like a good feud with Frankie to lose because I think with Frankie, it's too soon to have her run for the title, but she's got to be in a hot storyline from here. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see Frankie and Shotzi. That would work very well. Shotzi's established and is very popular, and I think, you know, they could have a good match together, uh, and uh, it'd be a very good win for Frankie Monet to get to Raquel Gonzalez because I was watching Frankie Monet in there, and I know they've got a loaded division, but there's nobody in NXT right now that I'd rather see face Raquel Gonzalez than Frankie Monet. I think that'd be a a good match because yeah. in terms of how she is. And then I just think of those matches that Raquel Gonzalez had against Rhea Ripley. And they were just these monster bashes that I think uh, Frankie could absolutely thrive in an environment like that. I just, I don't want it to happen too soon. I want her to have a long tenure. Yeah, in NXT. exactly. Yeah. This is a money match. You got to really build up. Maybe like, I think SummerSlam might be, SummerSlam. Soon, you know, but that could be, yeah, the perfect time in terms of a couple of months build. I'd love it. Yeah. Well, I feel like with this uh, Frankie Monet against a lot of people, she interrupted Raquel and Mercedes the first time she came out. She had a little mm. interaction with Io Shirai. So I feel like they're just putting her out there. We're going to see what, what sticks for her first feud. Um, I do miss Io, and I wouldn't mind seeing that, you know, seeing that feud. I don't know what they're doing with Io. Is she injured? I don't think she's yeah, injured. Really? So she's not in the main roster, and she hasn't been seen since that one I'm a cat person promo that she cut to Frankie. So it, it just makes you wonder that that could also be a good feud. Um I mean, we'll see where it goes, but I feel like they tease Frankie in a lot of storylines, and we'll see what, where they're going to insert her. Yeah. It shall be interesting. Uh, so, after that match and her victory in her world premiere, um, we saw Grizzly Young Veterans respond to uh, Thatcher and Ciampa, and uh, then we had the coverage of Bronson Reed, then we had uh, Imperium, Walter, on video, video chat. Walter uses Skype uh, or FaceTime, talking to Marcel and Fabian Archer, dissing Alexander Wolf. 
Poor Alexander Wolf saying he didn't have what it takes. It says Imperium will set things straight moving forward. The first might must uh, write what came wrong and says look to Brazongo uh, next. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in that rematch. Uh, what do you think, uh, Alfred? What's next for Imperium? Uh, well, I was kind of intrigued by these segments with Volter. This was almost perfect. You even alluded to it in saying that he was like via Skype, which just makes it weird because Walter's is killer. And they've done segments before where he was like an iPad and it's just like looking at your like dad on a Zoom call and it just made him look not intimidating at all. This guy is like one of the biggest killers in WWE. And I was kind of thinking this might be a little hokey, but I would have rather him seen in like a hologram, like on Star Wars, where he's like the Sith Lord, like you need to do my thing. <laughs> and then he disappears off. But they could do like a hologram effect with Walter. I would have liked to see that. But I'm not too interested in Imperium chasing the tag team titles because I just yeah. love MSK and uh, Legata del Fantasma. And that's the match I'm interested in. But they're doing something with Walter directing them. And I think it's good, but they've got to get away from the Skype thing. They've got to find a yeah, better effect. It, for it's like... Though. You know? Remember when Suzanne Zummers had her dispute and she was at the end of the Three's Company episode? Yeah. Like, oh, really, Janet? That happened? Oh, that's funny. Why don't you tell Mr. Roper this? Like, it's just, it's not the same without him being there. I'm going to right. have to disagree. I feel like the big bosses, CEOs, and all of that, they don't show up to the meetings. They'll call mm -hmm. in when it's their turn to talk and then they hang up. And when they show up, you know, they mean business. So I took it as that way. I was oh. like, Walter's not going to fly from the UK just to tell these guys what to do. It's not worth it. They should be able to function without him. That's the way that I saw it. Um, but again, I really, really love this segment and I love what Walter had to say. And I guess I saw it in a different perspective than you guys. It's like, why, why would you fly him over here just to tell him to tell them, hey, go and chase after the tag titles where he can do that over a phone call? He has business in the UK to take care of. Right, and I want to be like I'm agreeing with you. It's, like, that's why I said it's almost perfect. I liked what was said. Right. I, the only thing I didn't like is he's just on this TV screen, and they could do something cooler. Right. To where even though he's not here, like it'll still be a cool effect so that when he eventually does show up, people will go crazy. Yeah, it just gave me vibes of when my CEO would like call from like Miami and you will see this amazing freaking background. We're yeah. all sitting in the conference room like you <laughs> asshole. That too. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that too, like he should be like, I, I don't know, like they could build up the mystique. They could do something a little right. more with it. You know, I don't Remember know. Remember Zordon from Power Rangers? Like he was just a big head. Like they could do that. Yeah. Where the Imperium's in there, a little control station, and then the big Walter head tells him what to do. Stop. <laughs> Just a little more production value. Why would I love that too? Shut up. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Bronson Reed came out tonight and uh, he was interrupted by Elgato Del Fantasma. Before uh, we get into that, um, yeah, I mean, man, Bronson, he looks it, man. I think you could put him against Karrion Cross right now and that would be a match. That would that would just be like one of the year's best. Yeah, probably. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent, and they're doing a good job building up that uh, North American title division because after Hit Row's promo, I thought Swerve was next in line, but then you know um, Santos Escobar just kind of jumped the line, and I have no problem with them wrestling. And I, you know, it's weird because I love Bronson Reed, but I mean Santos Escobar is one of my favorites there, and I I'd love to see him as North American champion. But they're really building up this whole you know 14 years I've done this, so I would like to see at least a run from Bronson Reed if they're going to really build up how much he wanted to win this title. Yeah, and then of course. Uh... Uh, MSK came out to even the odds and uh, I don't know. I, I've seen more six man tags in our future. <laughs> uh, yeah. Always. 
I did love the uh, fact that Nash Carter was wearing the Allen Iverson answers. And uh, might I go as far as to say that I think MSK's shoe game is better than the Young Bucks because I think the wow. Young Bucks are using counterfeit Jordans. 1,000% those Dior's are not real. but Not listen. real at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why, while we're at that, I, I thought that Santos Escobar making the North American title a geographic thing, talking about how you should only go to people from like the United States <laughs> and Mexico because that's North America and Canada doesn't count. I popped for that because I was like, I think this is the first time that somebody ever refers to the name of the title and what it should signify so i really really appreciated that <laughs> it, it is weird i remember when wwe had like the european championship right and i was just like what's the criteria for this <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> when they named that title that i was thinking that so when he mentioned that today i was like finally somebody freaking says it <laughs> and is, isn't a world title also intercontinental um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, but it was a cool promo. Uh, we'll see where they go from there. Uh, it was announced that at NXT TakeOver In Your House on June 13th, there's going to be a triple threat for the uh, NXT Championship contender, the number one contender spot, Pete Dunne versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Johnny, Johnny Gargano. Uh, I mean, are we all feeling like Pete Dunne? That's that's the safe money bet? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like how this is – uh, how he just kind of said, I evaluated the roster. They're not just doing it to do it. It seems like there's actual thought that goes behind it, and they're good contenders. And I think Pete Dunne absolutely should win this match. Yeah, it's going to be a sick match, but I think it's going to be Pete Dunne as well. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. And it's interesting. That's going to be on Sunday in your house. It's not a Wednesday right. faux takeover. Like, that's a real right. <laughs> pay-per-view. Oh, that no one actually buys on pay-per-view. It's weird that we call them pay-per-view still. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like a. It doesn't mean pay per view, but it's a word. It's like where you say KFC doesn't technically stand for a Kentucky Fried Chicken, but it's just KFC now. Same thing with WWE. It doesn't technically stand for World Wrestling Entertainment. It's just WWE. They're just they just mean nothing now. I am a little sad that this takeover is taking place before they go back on the road because there's mm. nothing that I enjoy more than the atmosphere at a takeover when the fans are in the arena. So I cannot wait to get a a real takeover no offense to the no offense to the capital wrestling place that they have now but it's just like i really really miss seeing an arena full of nxt fans because that there's nothing like it well maybe uh SummerSlam weekend maybe it'll happen it won't Hopefully. be in the same uh venue obviously because that venue is huge and booked the night before but uh maybe maybe somewhere in las vegas the saturday Ooh. before SummerSlam. wait so kyle o'reilly is going to be in that match too right Yes. Okay, then that's my pick because they've already teased that. I think they're it's a triple threat, so they can have an excuse not to beat Pete Dunn, but I think Kyle O'Reilly's giving me that match. But you Kyle O'Reilly versus Karrion Cross, like that is that the main event of an NXT pay-per-view? I mean it might be. I think they just need somebody for Karrion Cross to absolutely destroy him. I don't want him doing that to Pete Dunn. I think by the time Pete Dunn gets to Karrion Cross, I don't want Pete Dunn to win that match, honestly. Like I as much as I like what they're doing with Karrion Cross, and maybe they'll never let him lose, but uh, I don't think they see Pete Dunn losing this early. We were talking about how dominant he's looking. I don't think they're building him up just to lose at the upcoming takeover. Really? I don't know. With Pete Dunn, I feel like they've never really gone all in. And I don't know. I mean, I could see him going to the main roster, which not really an upgrade. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I see. I think he's the most credible opponent for Karrion Cross to beat of the three men. Right. Yes. I mean, beating Johnny Gargano, like, you know. I mean, everybody's done it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
We will see. Uh, but the main event tonight, Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. Uh, a lot of time for this match tonight. Really uh, brutal, intense match. Went a good long while. And I believed, I believed Finn could pull out a win for like a minute there. Not even a minute. For about five seconds. I was like, holy shit, are they going to do it? The answer, no, they're not. Spoiler alert. Uh, Issa, what did you think of this main event? I really enjoyed this main event. I will say that I went in rooting for Karrion Cross, and halfway through the match, I was switching and I found myself rooting for Finn Balor, which says a lot about Finn Balor because I feel like I experienced that in every Finn Balor match. Somehow he always makes you root for him. Uh, there was a couple of times, not more than five seconds, that I actually thought Finn Balor had it. My criticism here will be that I thought that there was a for the majority of the match, I thought that Finn looked better because Karrion Cross should have dominated him, and he didn't. And uh, granted that he won, and it was like, you know, he put him to sleep right away, like you said, Glenn, but if you ask me who looked better in the match overall, I will 1,000% say Finn, and it's just like, it sh- but again, it was a competitive match, but it should have felt more towards, you know, Karrion Cross. It feels like he won out of desperation, like he locked that in and put him out right yeah. away in desperation, where I thought that he would dominate, but then again, listen, I, I enjoyed it. And like Alfred said earlier, I wouldn't mind them running this again and maybe even again and again. I, I, yeah, I love the, 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 especially the finishing sequence of this match, I thought were very, very well done in terms of like when it just came to that. And he, I agree in that it was like, you, you kind of saw that maybe Finn has a chance here because yeah. like the facials and he got into the rear naked with like, when it was like 707 and you're like, all right, what's going on here? But I, I thought this was a, a – it got better every time they came back from commercial because it was a very long match. In the first commercial break, I was like, all right, this is a match. And then as it got deeper into the match, I thought they were just telling such a very good story. And, um, uh, like, I, I think it's – I don't like the fact that they um, get so much offense in on Karrion Cross because I really do think he should be protected. But in this particular match, because sometimes they'll just have him sell, and that's not what I want to see at all. I liked how he was selling like a monster. It was like every time you'd get beaten up, it was like, yeah, but he's coming back from this. Like he would strangle Finn Balor. And then he had that thing where he grabbed the referee when he was in the hole. I thought that looked really cool. Oh my God. I love that. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I do agree that they give people too much offense against Karrion Cross. And I just, this is one of the reasons I want uh, Kyle O'Reilly to win because I don't think that's a guy who would be hurt if he just, Karrion went in there and kind of squashed him. I don't think he would come crashing down to earth. I think Karrion, uh, Karrion would be up, obviously, but I think uh, Kyle O'Reilly would be just fine if he took a loss like that. See, when he fought um, Damian Priest, you remember when he fought Damian Priest on Damian Priest's last match on NXT? I feel like that was believable for him to sell that much because Damian Priest is such a big guy. But with Finn Balor, I was like, why is he selling so much? He's making Finn... Listen, props to him. He made Finn look so good tonight that it it was almost like too good. And it's just like I didn't... That there was a little bit of a disbalance there, but overall, these two guys, and yeah. there's just something about the way Finn wrestles and the stories that he tells that he'll just have you rooting for him even though you know what the outcome is going to be. He is such a fluid wrestler. That's why I say like, Karrion normally looks very good, but I think that Finn out-wrestled him tonight, even though he 100%. lost. 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was, I think, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't venture to say that he carried Karrion Cross, but he kind of did. It was along those lines and that this is definitely Finn taking the lead in this match. Yeah. Right. It was good. Uh, 30 Undertaker 3 and 3 says, NYC Demon Diva, were they able to convince you to watch WCW? And so who should beat Karrion Cross for the title? No, I was not. I'm, I will not be watching WCW. I didn't watch it then, so I'm not going to watch it now. Um, and I, I wouldn't be able to tell you who right now 
I don't think yeah. there's anybody there right now. I feel like it should be somebody that's at his level. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, yeah. Pete Dunn, maybe in the future, but not like right now. I think it's Pete Dunn. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Way in the future when he's right. Who knows if they even beat him when he's ready to leave? If he's undefeated by the time he's ready to leave, they absolutely should not beat him on his way out. But you know, okay. if he's going to take a loss, I think yeah, Pete Dunn. Huh? Well, Maybe go. he can pull an Asuka and just relinquish it and be like, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. Justin Lopez 499 says, Maybe we'll get the Finn versus Walter match we were supposed to get before the pandemic hit. Oof. That would be interesting. That would be I, very, I would love very that, actually. Mm-hmm. I would love to see the, the dynamic between those two and see if Finn can pull off with Walter what he did tonight with Gary and Cross. Yeah, I think that could be awesome. So, yeah. good episode of NXT tonight. Yes. Very good episode. You guys want to talk about news? More than I've got Vanity Fair published an oral history of the TV series A Different World. And I saw that during Takeover and I bookmark. I'm like, I'm going to read that right when I get done with the podcast. So let's, <laughs> I let's got get the with the Lakers news. are up by 11. Oh, okay. Wow. Lakers of a sense. If you, if you see me distracted, it's because I have it right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I got it in the background too. <laughs> so, uh, well, very busy news day today, actually. Adnan Verk and WWE have mutually parted ways seven episodes into his tenure as the lead Raw announcer. Adnan Verk and WWE are going their separate ways. He says it's due to some travel issues and he doesn't like traveling as much and he couldn't do that with his family. And, you know, WWE announced that they wish him well. So uh, what do you think? The Adnan Verk era has come to an end. Issa, are you going to miss it? No. I mean, I didn't even get used to it. He sounded too much like a baseball announcer. And I'm sorry, baseball is such a chill sport to commentate to where wrestling is so action-packed. I couldn't get used to him. And I do think that maybe the traveling does have a lot to do with him because they are going back on the road. And that is that might be a curveball that he wasn't expecting mm. to deal with so soon. But, um, or maybe he just understood that it wasn't for him. I saw an interview on Wrestling Inc. actually, where he was talking about how he just like watched some old matches, learned a couple of things for his like, uh, for when he went for the interview for this job. And I'm like, so you really weren't familiar with this. If you weren't familiar, it's not for you. We are, wrestling fans are too one-on-one about our knowledge and this guy can't even, you know, Mm. call the moves or whatever. But I mean, why bring an outsider then? If they felt they needed an outsider and maybe they weren't happy with how he was delivering the product, then why bring the outsider if you're not willing to give it the time or the training before you put him as the main commentator on your lead show or whatever? You know, like start him over here and let him, you know, build up some confidence. Yeah, this is, it was very. It's very troubling to me that they made a decision like that. Now, I will say, I don't know if this is all Vince. The, there's a lot of scuttlebutt that this was a Nick Khan like influence decision, and Nick Khan's actually done a great job at WWE. So maybe this is just a mistake that he made. But the fact that Vince would give the green light to let such a such a novice on Raw, there's no hiding if you don't know about wrestling on Raw. Not only will WWE point that out on commentary through Corey Graves yelling at you, but it's a three hour show. People on Twitter are going to realize that you're messing up. And it's just going to be a train wreck. And I think that's kind of what it was every week on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, a lot of lot of reorganization and consolidation in WWE studios. Uh, yes. So lay off some features, TV, digital, social media. Uh, yeah. There's going to be some uh, changes behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was going to actually be the next one is that WWE, uh, according to WrestleNomics, has let go no less than 35 people 
because they're going to uh, merge the digital and TV production. So Kevin Dunn, the vice president, who's a very polarizing figure for a lot of wrestling fans, is going to be leading that department. And uh, WWE making a lot of cuts. This is weird because this is the beginning of a third cycle of podcasts in the th last three weeks for me here with you guys. And two weeks ago, we were talking about WWE cuts. Last week, we were talking about NXT cuts. This week, we're talking about front office cuts. So WWE is just like... This is one of those new normal things you keep hearing about the pandemic. There's going to be a lot of companies that ran more efficiently and learn how to run more efficiently. And unfortunately, when they open up, they're going to just want to keep that model. So WWE is like aggressively now looking for ways that it can cut down. Yeah. Yeah. And and I had a bad feeling with um, Peacock taking over that the digital like WWE network people. It's just like, what are they going to do? The, the network doesn't exist anymore. There's got to be very little maintenance to keep it going for the countries that, you know, don't get Peacock mm, outside of yeah. that. But there is a lot of companies, not just WWE, that realize how efficient they can run. And listen, I'm in the co-working industry where we're selling, you know, permanent, like, I'm sorry, office spaces. And it's just like, no company's looking for us right now, because guess what? They thought their employees had to work from home. So why pay thousands a month for an office? It's not just mm -hmm. WWE. This is normal for a lot of companies reopening, realizing that all the adjustments they have to make are saving them a lot of money. In terms of, um, you know, as Adnan Vert got ousted, so somebody's going to have to, you know, replace his position. Who do you guys think? Do you guys think Tom Phillips comes back? Or who do you think would be a viable replacement for Adnan Vert? Samoa Joe. Oh, say, bring him back. I should I never let him go? I like uh, the buzz today on Twitter. Uh, uh, people rallying for AJ Kirsch from Tough Enough and oh, Hudson from the oh, Bay nice. Area. Done stuff for MLW. Yeah, Slam. yeah that's my guy. From Chico, he's not from Chico, California, but uh, we used yeah. to work out together back in Chico, California when he was there. Uh, we go way back. I listened to all two and a half hours of his interview with Cameron on his podcast, Tough Talk, talking about Tough Enough. And. Uh, Wait until the very end to talk about the Molina versus Alicia Fox, Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. Wow. <laughs> that was a good podcast. Classic. I think AJ's great. AJ's fantastic. I met him yeah, in person. Wonderful guy. I'd guy. love to see that. Yeah. He's good, man. He's really good. Yeah. They may just make Michael Cole do double duty for a couple of I know, weeks which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I like them bringing in new talent. There was nothing wrong with Tom Phillips. I don't know why they even felt the need to do that. I mean, it was like right after WrestleMania. It seemed like a headline grabbing type of thing because I thought Tom Phillips was just fine. But that is, that's his brand. Just fine, Tom Phillips. Right. I mean, okay. When I say just fine, I mean it in a really good way in terms of, I don't think he was bad enough to get released at all. And I think he was above average. I mean, I would put him in terms of the main roster play-by-play -play guys they have. I like him better than Michael Cole. I mean, oh. he's on the level of a Vic Joseph. I think I, Vic Joseph does a fantastic job, but I think that's because he has more to work with. When Tom Phillips was in NXT, he was a fantastic uh, commentator, I thought. Yeah. Uh James 499 saying if DD, I thought he was referring to Daredevil, but uh, Issa, if DD was hired as a WWE correspondent, could she compose herself in a Roman Reigns interview? 1000%. I met him multiple yeah. times and I have She's a professional. To... Yeah. yeah. She's got the pictures to prove it, guys. She's a professional. <laughs> Great pose with Roman. I mark out in the stupidest ways when I meet some talent. Like, <laughs> I just want to talk about the dumbest, most random thing. You know, but that's well, but because it's fun, right? I mean, it's like, but if I was interviewing someone, I guess I would be more pro about it. Who have you marked out for? Uh, Tyler Breeze. <laughs> that's a good one. Meeting Tyler Breeze. Uh, that was one um, that happened. I mean, Becky Lynch, obviously. Uh, but no, I think that, you know, it was funny when I met Tyler Breeze, uh, I was taking a photo with him. I was like, I'm going to pretend I'm taking a photo with Mike Dalton 
from that was his name in the NXT early days. And that's the thing. It's like, I want to pop people with like random things. Cause you think these meet and greets happen all the time. And it's like, you're so terrific. I'm such a huge fan. You're so great. And for me, it's like, I want, I want to like pop their reaction with something obscure or something. They right. just don't hear every day. That's my right. goal. Breath of fresh air. Well, listen, uh, the funny you mentioned that because when I was a kid, I would have definitely popped for this guy. I would have been starstruck. Uh, but unfortunately, he's had a very rough week, uh, as it were. Buff Bagwell has been booked on uh, charges according to the Cobb County Jail uh, for open container, hit and run, giving his false name and address uh, to a law enforcement officer, following too closely and licensed to be carried, exhibited on demand. So all kinds of unfortunate charges for Buff Bagwell. His uh, mugshot has been circulating uh, through the internet. Very kind of sad stuff for Buff, but I mean, his dark side of the ring audition is going great. So like if, if they're looking for a season four of this oh, good Lord, this guy's <laughs> wanted in this night alone because poor Buff Bagwell has... And I thought that Glenn was a savage earlier, but here's I got Alfred. Alfred, Alfred, you got to join Wrestle Roasts with this. With these lines. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. was that too harsh? No, poor Buff Bagwell's. Wow. It's not. We should be laughing at this, but you know, Buff Bagwell had a terrible, uh, had a terrible day. <laughs> I don't even, I don't, I have no comment. I hope he gets <laughs> help. Hope. Yeah, that was my wrestle rope. I hope he's okay. Hope everyone's okay. Hope he gets help. No, I hope Bob's okay. You know, he just, uh, it's just a big, it's just, you know, circulating around and, um, yeah, but these know. charges are crazy. And he already had a warrant and now he had to show like what he has to do back to back core appearances for both of the hit yeah. runs that he's doing and the people that he hit follow him. That's the only way they were able to get him to stop. Mm -hmm. Like that had to be such a, weird experience right but i hope he gets help and he is out on bond so i mean he's not gonna be able to go anywhere those right those bounty hunters will get him but listen so it's wild that like the, i think that yeah. he had charges dating back to 2006 like a warrant dating yeah. back to 2006 that they hadn't fulfilled that now that he's got caught up in this is now coming back so he's in some pretty deep stuff yeah, one of the charges is that he gave like a fake name and birthday, so he was yeah. trying to not even get caught. And it's sad. It's sad when you hear those kind of stories. And let's just hope that he gets it together. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is a guy. I think like I thought he was going to be such a big star in wrestling, uh, and it just something went left with him. I mean, obviously, it's probably stuff behind the scenes, but I mean, he had the right look. I thought he cut a decent promo, great theme music, great gear, and just it just didn't happen for him. And it's a great name. And again. Yeah. It's no, it's no Oni Larkin, but no. the, oh, okay. So on one end of the spectrum, you have Oni Larkin, and the other end, you have Buff Bagwell. You tell me which is the better end of the spectrum to be on. But you remember both, but you'd rather be on one than the other. Yeah, I'm done with both of you. <laughs> there you go, folks. Uh, anything else, Alfred? Nope. Okay. Uh, everyone, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Nothing. Nothing. We're watching tomorrow. basketball. We're having a night off. Yeah, my Bucky's play tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> Everybody catch up on your other DVR shows. Catch up on your other TV. Tomorrow night's your chance. Watch uh, some documentaries. Dark Side of the Ring. There you have it. So, uh, Friday night, though. Friday. We're gonna be yes. Back. Talk about... Three Amigos. Smackdown. <laughs> yes, my but favorite show. That'll be fun. It'll be a fun show. I, I I can feel it. We're supposed to be getting the Usos versus the Street Profit, but we'll see about that. We're not getting that. Yeah. I mean, that's too, that 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 should not happen until SummerSlam. I don't think they yeah. have that kind of patience. But that could be amazing. 
We'll see. Are we getting like a rematch of the Intercontinental title match? Maybe I'm just oh, imagining things. Well, we'll see. But it's going to be a fun show because Roman Reigns will be there. It'll be Friday. Celebrating <laughs> <laughs> his birthday, his belated birthday. That should be fun. It's going to be great. I'm going to bring a cake. Uh, and there are no plans to cover AEW Friday night. Um, no, I, I think we're going to be doing the show live while AEW is going on. So, oh. you know, maybe if we see something interesting that happened, if a title changes hands, who knows? If something crazy happens, we can uh, make mention of it. But they will know. Uh, I do not believe there's any current plans for formal podcasts on that show. But we'll we'll figure that out as we go along. And the Bucks play on Thursday, for those of you who are concerned. The future NBA champions play on Thursday against the Miami Heat. Alfred, keep dreaming. <laughs> Keep dreaming, buddy. There you go. She's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one instead of an I. Alfred Connor was at This Is Nasty on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. We all appreciate follows. Please hit that like button. Subscribe to notifications. Leave a rating and review on iTunes. Follow us all on Twitter. Uh, write Raj Geary fan letters. <laughs> if you want a signed 8x10, include a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> and we'll be sure to get you one back. He's not paying the postage. He'll send you the photo and he'll sign it. But let's, you know, he has limits to what he'll spend. Uh, until next time, folks, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.